Welcome to Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight with a special guest. Um, before we get started, a couple of announcements. So, Professor Double X, yours truly, will be performing at Broadway Comedy Club on Saturday, December 9th. You can VIP and get a discount at 212-252-4261. Welcome to Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Professor Double X, and I'm here in the bedroom with a guest, a very special guest. She knows a lot about sex and sexuality, so I'm so excited to hear her story um so welcome guest thank you so much i love that you're here and i'm really excited to tell you this one of many stories that i have but this is one that's dearest to my heart maybe most dramatic and pretty hot at times too okay okay so i'll set the stage it is the Early 2000s, I have my eye on this trainer at the gym, and we continue to admire each other without knowing each other's names for quite a few years. Um, I was a newlywed at the time. I had two kids. By the time I had my second kid, this guy, and we're still like, have not met yet, but the chemistry between us is so heavy that by the time I am pregnant with my second child in 2005, I'm embarrassed to be pregnant with another man's child, my own husband's child, pregnant in front of this virtual stranger, because we have not exchanged names yet, but we've been like high eye flirting, like eye fucking for three or four years. So I have the second child, now the second child's like two, and my marriage is on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And we're no longer having sex. Um, we did finally meet each other. He says, you look like you're ready to play. And like, I don't know how he can <laughs> tell, but like, that, that's what he said. And okay. We exchanged numbers. He texts me hi. I get scared shit. And I'm like, you're so gorgeous. I don't want to lead you on. I'm not going to cheat on my husband, but thank you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I like totally like pushed him away. I'm scared at this point. I'm so you like, got back with your husband? I was with my husband this whole time. Oh. Just the flirting. Oh, it was just on the rocks. We were on, so we were getting on the rocks and I guess this guy could notice like, she's ready. He's feeling my vibe that, my vibe is more than just eyes now. Like, he's feeling that I must be warming up to him in a different way because my marriage was on the rocks in that we were becoming sexless. That's basically what it was. My marriage was becoming sexless. We were good parents together, and we looked great on the outside, but we weren't having sex. So my friend at the gym must be picking up on this. We exchange numbers. All he says is hi. I freak out and get scared. Text him back, tell him I'm not warmed up to this yet. A few more months go by and I am warmed up to it. We start 
texting for a few weeks. I get my first dick pic of my life mm -hmm. from, um, him. from him. Um, just because prior to that, dating and being married, it like was not the age of the dick pic right. yet. Right. So I laughed my ass off. I mean, I loved it. It was definitely exciting to receive, but like it was the first one. It's like a grown woman. It's so, so hilarious. We make a date. We have sex. He had a girlfriend, so that made me comfortable. It's like he was in a relationship and so was I. So we were both, you know, cheating on our relationships. It was incredible. And it went on steadily for two years. And I mean, we met three to four times a week. Oh, wow. While I'm married with two children for two straight years and for the most part we met on the west side in the meatpacking district at the Liberty Hotel which is like a two or three hour like hole it's like on the west side highway yeah I know what you're talking you about you know the building right yeah I've and actually it's been so, there once. <laughs> so fucking it's like a triangle it's like, it yeah, looks yeah. like the like the yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. flat iron building yeah, of yeah, sex yeah, 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 it's yeah, a triangle yeah. I've been there but you know the rooms aren't that bad the, the rooms are actually very nice yeah and it's, and it's cheap like love motel it really is love yeah. motel it really is and for the seediness of the type of place that it is, to me, because of my memories there, because we did actually fall in love, the, to me it's like Buckingham Palace. It's like, it's like the most like, like just revered structure in New York City. It's so hysterical. <laughs> and here's the reason why. So okay. now it's 2010. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to meet him one morning. He doesn't show up. And I mean, I should go back to this ex a little bit. He tells me he doesn't come from blowjobs. Mm -hmm. He fucking came from blowjobs all the time with me. He, we have, he tells me that he thinks he's too big for my ass. I'm like fucking driving him backwards all over the motel room, like into the wall, like with my anus and his cock and my, you know, I'm like pushing him up against the wall. Like we just, like, he was like, you're a gangster and... Which is so, so fun and beautiful, but he would never, I felt his presence highly, highly sexually and hungry and all of that. Like he, his hands were huge, he's a big guy, 6'3 for me, and a um, lot of passion. We never tired of each other. It was just constant want. Um, but he would never say, I love you, never. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to talk about that with me. Okay. I found out why later, but I, I didn't really realize it then, but I always felt it through his body, always. And we would blow each other's minds. We'd go for, even if it was a three hour, two, three hour, he, he could go like four times and we would have like hour and a half sessions where we would be like, what the fuck was that? Like really like so transcendent and like, like out of body, awesomeness was delicious mm -hmm. delicious so October 2010 I'm supposed to meet him one morning he doesn't show up it's a Tuesday Wednesday nothing it's so odd that I'm not hearing from him it's completely out of context texting him nothing back 
Thursday, I'm with my girlfriend at lunch. I'm saying there's something wrong. She's like, there's nothing wrong. It's fine. I'm like, no, you don't know. This is not like him. Thursday night, I get a call from his sister. He's in the tombs. He's in jail. Oh. You knew his sister or she just called you? She called me. Like, oh. he called his sister. and was like, you got to get in touch with this person. Okay. Tell her where I am. Mm-hmm. So Friday morning, I go downtown, which is near the courthouses, to the prison tombs. And I had never been in the prison before. I was the first person to visit him. And he tells me that he is an illegal immigrant and that his name is not what it was all the years that we'd been together and friends. It's a totally different name. Um, he spit his diamond earrings out of his mouth and gave them to me because he didn't want them to be taken by the warden or whatever. So he like slept for three days in solitary confinement with his diamond earrings under his tongue and I did get those. But he didn't want that confiscated. Um, and he told me the whole story of who he really was. Who? He um, was. Where is he from? He's from Guyana. He's half Guyanese, half Brazilian. He grew up in Brooklyn as an American citizen. He got into trouble when he was 17 years old. So at this point in 2010, he's in his late 30s. He got into trouble when he was 17 years old and was supposed to go to jail for eight years. He was in for about six months and decided he couldn't take it. And he signed away his citizenship to get out and went back to Guyana at the age of like 20. And he got back in to the country illegally and lived here as under a different name. He like bought somebody's license and identity and stuff for $10,000 and he lived here in this neighborhood working at the gym, knowing everybody, kissing, hugging, part of this neighborhood for 12 years. And then one day he was just fucking gone. And he, he got caught with a joint, like just a stupid, dumb mistake. And um, he's a great guy, good man, whatever. And he's just, he's gone forever. I still talk to him. He, um, so he, I visited jails for two years. Mm. Upstate. He was in jail for two years? Before they deported him, he was in jail for two years. And I think that that was their way of making the strong deterrent that you never try to come back. And he was considered an illegal re-entry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, two years. And you said he was born here? He was born here. Mm, wow. And his parents are still here. His parents are in Queens. He's got a child here. Grown child. But he's got a child here. He could never come back here. What was the crime that he committed? Originally, when he was 17, it was, um, he was like promoting him and his brother a like club night in his mother's salon in Brooklyn at night. And a fight broke out. And he stabbed someone. He got shot and stabbed himself. So it was like a melee, but he stabbed someone and whether it was for the stabbing or holding the illegal party or whatever, but like the scuffle that took place, it was lots and lots of people and someone did die. He didn't murder 
the person, but he was in the mix of this very bad situation in Brooklyn that was supposed to be a party. Um, so he got um, sent to jail at the age of 17 and didn't want to do the, do the time. So signed away his American citizenship and then realized, I don't want to live in Guyana for the rest of my life. I'm 23, whatever. And he and his friend came back by boat, whatever. And he lived here under a really like John Doe type of name for 12 years and made a lot of friends and a lot of relationships. And But that was the reason that he would never fully open his heart and be I love you to me because he knew that he wasn't here forever and he knew that he wasn't everything to me that I thought that he was because there was I didn't even know his name until that day in the tombs wow yeah it's crazy it was a lot of um walking this neighborhood without him for years was strange having to put money on his card so he could call me, commissary, being treated poorly when you go visit. Like the cops that work at jails don't wanna see a pretty girl visiting the inmates. They would take the books I would bring for him and not give them to him. Mm -hmm. All, a lot of weird fucked up stuff, you know, that, but, He's back home in Guyana now. He's got a nice job there. He's grateful to be free for real. And um, I'll see him again. Won't be on US soil, but Europe or Caribbean or something. We'll, we'll meet up again someday. Wow. But um, it's, it's special that we stayed friends. He's madly madly respectful and, and in awe of my loyalty to him, my dedication to him and that, you know, like love is love is love. And even though we weren't fucking anymore, I was totally there for him and I miss him. He's a good person. Yeah. So wow. that's my story. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's really, um, sad uh, kind of touching could be like the kind of movie you might see like in Lifetime or something yeah TLC you know it's all but passionate like I and hot and then boom gone in with, and like, like no this. warning and no idea why and then learning the whole backstory and it's crazy and I mean I can still picture myself like on top of him like facing up in the mirror with his arms around me and like so long ago he hasn't touched me in over seven years yeah um and I mean I've moved on and my heart isn't broken anymore or anything like that but and my marriage ended after that and I've fallen in love since then and and out but um yeah it's quite a story it really is and it was really wacky to be leaving here saying I was going on like business appointments and leaving here at seven o'clock in the morning in my car with my babies here in the apartment with a babysitter to go like visit jails when I said I was going on business appointments and like it was pretty fucked up yeah yeah wow yeah 
Yeah, but it made us both stronger and really appreciate each other. Okay, great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing that story. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Professor Double X, and I enjoyed this little session. It was a very romantic, hot, and kind of tragic story, but I guess it turned out okay. Um, be sure to, if you'd like to, uh, check out Professor Double X as well as a, a few other amazing comics at the Broadway Comedy Club on Saturday, December 9th. You can link in for a discount by phone, and the number is 212-252-4261. Also, hopefully see you at MOCA. That's on Frederick Douglass and 119th Street, right on the corner. This is Smokey Suarez's show. Uh, it starts at 9. All right, so we will see you again. Uh, do link in uh, online millennialsex.org, as well as Twitter and Instagram at millennialsex. Good night.